Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Mitz. Today, we are recapping what was probably the most surprising game of the season so far for me. Um, you know, Kansas played Oklahoma in a actually competitive game. And uh, here to help me recap that, as he, you know, is most most Mondays, uh, it would be Mike Plank, editor-in-chief over at Rock Chalk Talk. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, Andy. How about yourself? I'm doing really good comparatively to what I thought I was going to be feeling like today. So... <laughs> Let me tell you, I know you were actually out at that game um, for at least part of it, but, uh, you know, was it was it as crazy and, like, was there as much disbelief in the stadium as that game was going on, at least in the first half, like, uh, as as I imagine there probably was? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll, I'll relate this little story because I'm sure, you know, everyone out there wants to hear it, all 12 listeners, right? But, um so I, I took my daughter. She's she's almost four. She'll be four here in a couple of weeks. And we I just figured, you know, we'll go and we'll, we'll do all the pregame stuff, you know, the bouncy houses and the face painting and all that fun stuff that the kids do, right? And then we'll, we'll go watch the band do the pregame stuff. And, and we'll stay until about noon. We'll stay for the first quarter, and, and then we'll head back. Um, but we did have some family obligations later that evening that we had to – we had to leave Kansas City around two for us. We had to leave Lawrence probably no later than one. I thought, you know what, plenty of time. We'll leave around noon. Well, uh, you know, it gets to be it gets to be about noon, and Kansas has I think it's still seven nothing at that point. It might have been ten nothing already. And I turn uh, the stands are still pretty empty. The student section's still pretty pretty bare. And I turned to the older couple sitting behind us, and I said, you know, I'm in trouble. I told my wife I was going to leave at noon. You know, I figured it'd be thirty five to nothing at that point. And, and then the man says, I oh, know, me too. I said, I got, I got a caller or something. I don't want to leave yet. So, but we ended up staying until halftime. And, um, and that was about the, all that the almost four year old could take anyway. But, um, you know, we had to get out of there and get, get to some family obligations. But we listened, listened to the radio on the way back. And when I got to the house and we watched the fourth quarter at the house and, 
and suffered along with everyone else in, in terms of the end result. But, uh, but yeah, as we were walking out, like people were just kind of streaming in from across campus because the, the university had sent out that tweet. And I, I, I don't know if they texted everybody or not or what, but yeah, students, people, students were just, we're just streaming into the into the stadium after halftime. It was, it was really kind of cool to see. Yeah, yeah. They actually said on the radio just before halftime yeah. that uh, they yeah. were not requiring tickets any longer, that people could just come in. Like, if you were in town, get over to the stadium because you can just walk right in. And, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. So, um, yeah, no, it was great. Uh, you know, I we'll, we'll talk about the game specifically, but look, I, I was kind of a very similar vein. I had a bunch of stuff going on that morning. Um, you know, I had a I had a professional obligation that I had to take care of over the weekend. And so I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll kind of in the background, I'll turn the game on. I'll, I'll watch it for the first quarter. Or so as long as Kansas can keep it, you know, within three scores, you know, going into the, the, the end of the first half, then I'll go ahead and watch the second half. And game came on. They took that first drive down. Yes, they were helped by Oklahoma defensive penalties, but uh, they took that first drive all the way down and scored. And I'm like, wait a minute. I may actually have to pay attention to this game. Um, I was sitting there waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire time. Uh, you know, I even had the audacity to, you know, I'm, I'm over on the uh, the 10 12 podcast over on Mondays. And I like, I, I texted my co host over there. I was like, so how much time do I get if Kansas actually gets to pull this off? Um, because look, it was, it was, you're feeling really good. Kansas played with a lot of fire in this game, and we're going to talk about all that stuff. But, like, I was absolutely shocked. As you can tell, most of the nation was absolutely shocked kind of watching this. Um, you know, it was it was the game to watch, which I was fully not expecting. Like, the fact that it was on ESPN and everybody got to watch it. I actually made a joke going into the game. It's like, man, it's on ESPN. You know, I had to pick it for the, for the pick three contest that I was in. I was just like, everybody wants to see my pain, like, front and center. And obviously, it was absolutely not painful at all. We even, in the predictions, I figured this was going to be such a painful game that I switched up the predictions over on Rock Chalk Talk. And instead of actually having people give score predictions, you know, I just said, hey, send me a GIF, something that you think is going to be absolutely horrible, and I'll get it posted. And that's exactly what we did. And there were some pretty bad ones in there. What I didn't realize is that that's what Oklahoma was going to be feeling like at half. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Like I, That was probably the most fun that I've had watching a football game in a really, really long time. It was absolutely phenomenal. So let's actually talk about the game, though, because, you know, it, it obviously started out really well for Kansas just in the first drive. And, yes, they were aided by three offside penalties by Oklahoma. But what did you see in that first drive? That, it, Or I, I should say, what was the thing that impressed you the most about that first drive for Kansas? Uh, honestly, probably that first third down conversion they had. I, if I remember right, it was a third and – pretty long, eight, 10, something like that. Third and eight, and, yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, so you're thinking right away, oh, geez, first, play, first, first two plays didn't go anywhere. Here we go. Um, and, you know, it was a, it was a nice uh, uh, conversion for the first down, and and they just kept moving the ball. And you're thinking, okay, maybe we got, you know, we held the ball for, gosh, what did that first drive take, like eight minutes or something? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, it's actually nine minutes and 15 seconds. It was an yeah. extremely long drive. Yeah, which is which was perfect. That had to have been the offensive game plan, and they executed it to perfection in the first half, anyway. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, they just they matriculated the ball down the field, uh, you know, as the Chiefs fans like to say. But, uh, um, but that was the most impressive thing was just how they kept possession and kept Oklahoma's offense on the sideline. Um, and, and then all. 
I mean, Kansas had their best third down conversion game of, of the season, probably of the last, I don't even want to guess how many years. They, they converted over 60% of their third downs, and, and that's way above their season average. Yeah, they, they, they were in Oklahoma, which, yeah. Which yeah, they were 9 of 13. Oklahoma was 6 of 10. I mean, at one point, Oklahoma, I think, was like one of four. And and yeah. like, that was like the best it was for Kansas all game long. But like they were nine of 13, Kansas was, which is absolutely ridiculous. And, yeah. you know, they, they converted the only fourth down attempt that they went for. So it was at a phenomenal game for them offensively. Of yeah, at one point, they were seven of nine on third down. Right, so, right. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they, uh, I, don't know about, I don't know about the most impressive thing, but just keeping converting those third downs and keeping our offense on the field was, was impressive. We haven't seen that out of KU in, in years. Yeah, I, I think the most impressive thing to me was it looked like Jason Bean knew when he needed to throw. And and, and what we saw here was, you know, a, a quarterback who was confident in his abilities. He wasn't running out to the edge and then flinging one downfield like I, you know, got extremely frustrated with the last few weeks. Like this was he he seemed to be able to read the defense really well, figure out where he wanted to go with it. And Kansas's passing game was was actually impressive for most of the game. Like they actually were able to get quite a bit done. You know, Jason Bean was 17 to 23 for 246 yards and a touchdown. Like that was phenomenal for him. Um, That's by far his best passing game. And it, it seemed like they were mixing it up. Like that's always been our biggest problem. You know, and, and we've actually talked about it. Devin Neal had two one-yard runs to start that drive. And we were like, okay, uh-oh, this is going to be a problem again. You know, they're not going to be able to do anything against Oklahoma. And then that that completion of Kwame Lasseter that allowed them to get that first first down. And then from there, they just they just kept going. And yes, Oklahoma shot themselves in the foot quite a bit with those defensive penalties. But you could tell that Kansas had them rattled in some fashion. Either Oklahoma just wasn't ready for it, um, which... I think can explain the first half to me, but honestly doesn't explain the second half. Um, you know, so like Oklahoma didn't seem to be ready to play. It was a nice early game that they just weren't prepared for. Kansas came out and hit him in the mouth and it took Oklahoma a really long time to recover. And honestly, I, I can make the argument that Oklahoma didn't actually recover. They just got some extremely lucky breaks that allowed them to get out of there with a win. So, um, you know, I mean that, that entire first half, Kansas goes into halftime up 10 to nothing. Um, but I, I mean, I was more impressed, I think, by the defense because this is an Oklahoma offense that is supposed to be, you know, a fantastic offense, especially with Caleb Williams coming in in the Red River rivalry and just going off, you know, and then and then going off the next week as well against TCU. Like the expectation was, hey, he's going to come in on the road. This is going to be a nice, easy way for him to ease in on the road, and you know, they're they're just going to do whatever they want. And it didn't happen. Oklahoma punted their first drive threw a pick on the second drive after only three plays and then, you know, had nine plays to go 28 yards and then turn it over on downs. Like they did not look good at all in the entire first half on both sides of the field. And, and it was just one of those things where Kansas unfortunately wasn't able to get out a little bit further, but the way that their game plan, like you were talking about, like that was their game plan. Use the play clock, take as much time as they possibly could slow the game down and give themselves an opportunity to get out there with a win. And, and it worked almost to perfection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was one of the things in, in the preview that I that I had back on Rock Chalk Talk. Admittedly, I predicted I think it was a fifty nine point loss, but I did say <laughs> right, right, right. That, Kansas, that if Kansas was going to be competitive, that's what they would have to do. They would have to control the clock, keep the offense on the field, get Devin Neal going, convert on third and fourth down, and they did all those things. For the most part, they did all those things. 
Yeah. So I mean, it's definitely kind of kind of talking about what you said on on Rock Talk Talk because I'm, I'm looking at your at your recap. You know that that semi statistical recap that you do after every game. You know, and it is one of those things. Yes, we have to kind of temper the enthusiasm out of this. It was pretty obvious that Oklahoma did not play well, wasn't ready to play in this particular game. I, I do think probably the most imp- or the the most promising thing for me was the fact that Kansas was still competitive in the second half. It really seemed going to the end of that game that Kansas had an opportunity to win the game. Like it wasn't a case where, you know, they were up 10 to nothing. And then all of a sudden in a 10 minute span in the third quarter, Oklahoma scores four straight touchdowns, you know, and, and Kansas never in it again. This was a back and forth game the entire time. Kansas came ready to play. And when it seemed like Oklahoma finally woke up and was paying attention to what they were doing, yes, they scored 35 points in the second half, but it's not like they just were able to do whatever they wanted. I, you know, I think the most impressive thing actually for me came at the end of the game where, yes, Kansas had been methodically driving down the field and scoring, but they got to that last, that, that last full drive that they had, right, where they scored that last touchdown on five plays, 75 yards. So when they needed to turn it on and they needed to get big plays, like they were able to do it to get back within a touchdown. Um, and, yeah. and so like I, I was extremely impressed by what they were able to do. And yes, it's pretty obvious that this is not going to be like every single week. They, they definitely played out of their minds in this particular game. But what I saw was progress. What I saw was guys that were actually putting the lessons that they were learning in practice, the lessons they were learning from the coaching staff onto the field and, and, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities that the opposing team was able to give them because Last week, we didn't see that. Against Texas Tech, we didn't see that. Texas Tech gave Kansas opportunities, and Kansas flubbed them horribly. Here, Oklahoma gave them opportunities, and they took full advantage of them and almost pulled off one of the most monumental upsets of the entire season. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I, I want to dive more into some of the specifics of the game, but I feel like I'm I'm kind of losing the thread here um, because, let me tell you, this was absolutely fantastic, and this is kind of what my weekend has been like, just all over the place. So, um Really, really quick, uh, because we did talk about, or let's let's stay with the offense here. I'm looking at the box score. Devin Neal, 23 carries for 100 yards, averaging 4.3 yards a carry. He had those two touchdowns. I, I thought this was probably his most impressive game um, of the entire season so far. Do you, do you agree with that statement? And was there anything specific you saw from his game that has you feeling good about his game moving forward? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that statement. Um, you do, I think, have to consider, and I hate to be Debbie Downer here, but you do have to consider he did have that 44-yard run. Um, and I know you can't do this, but if you take out that 44-yard run, he averaged two and a half yards a carry Fair. on 22 kicks. Um, but, again, he had the 44-yard run. Like, it still counts, right? Right, right. Um, so, so, yeah, but, oh, I mean, overall, yeah, he, he ran hard. He ran low. He ran through tackles. He busted through the line. Like, I mean, he, yeah, he looks great. Um, and one of our other writers at RCT put up a little, a little piece on, on Devin Neal as well. Um, uh, yeah, he, he was very impressive. I think he was the, uh, let me see here. Um, he's had 100, 107 and 83 yards on the ground each of the last three games. Um, so yeah, he's definitely picking up steam as the season goes on. Um, and I saw, actually, I saw on Twitter just, just a little bit ago that, um, Mike Gundy was asked about Devin Neal because right. they're getting ready to play Oklahoma state. And he talked about how they tried to recruit him 
um, out of high school and they really liked him and they thought he would be a, a, a good division one back. And, um, and, you know, so Oklahoma state wanted him. And I mean, he had, I'm, I'm sure he had a variety of other power five offers as well, but I don't know how seriously he ever considered those, but we're kind of getting off the, off the point here, but yeah, he was, he was impressive. He's, he's as good as, uh, as any back Kansas has had since, uh, I don't know, James Sims maybe made a splash as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, t- to be honest, Kansas had a lot of really good running backs that you could point to as potentially, you know, the guy to point to as, you know, the most recent good one. Um, but it is definitely one of those things where, you know, you you did bring up Gundy's comments there. And, uh, you know, that was, I think, why people were so excited about Devin Neal, because it wasn't like a case of Devin Neal was, you know, a guy that had problems elsewhere that couldn't get offers that had a bunch of talent, but for whatever reason, wasn't going to the higher places like this was a guy who decided to stay home who, you know, was being uh, pursued by a bunch of other really good places for a running back to go, and he decided to stay home with the Jayhawks. And, and I mean, we see why people were so excited, because of what he's been able to do without necessarily all the help that you would normally need to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that as, as the offensive line gets better, you know, as the rest of the offense gets more comfortable with what it is they need to be doing, it's going to give him even more opportunities to impress and more opportunities to kind of do the things that he needs to do. Um, you know, it was a big deal when he recruited the Jayhawks. I'm sorry, when he when he committed to the Jayhawks. And the fact that he stuck with that commitment had a lot of people really, really excited. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely glad that he's here. Um, you know, an, another guy who had a really great game would be Kwame Lasseter. Like, this was, I think this is the first big game for him this year. Yeah, he's had some big individual plays. But this was a very solid, you know, from start to finish game for him. He had seven receptions for 101 yards. Absolutely fantastic. Had some big catches, extended drives that really gave them an opportunity to get a lot of stuff done. So I was super, super excited to see the receivers start to have big plays. You know, they had four different receivers that caught plays, and every single one of them had one catch of at least 20 yards. Um, so what that tells me is that, you know, yes, part of that is probably Oklahoma's defense having a lot of problems, and Oklahoma's defense was supposed to be better this year, but from what I've seen the last few weeks from them, I'm not so sure that they're actually as good as people thought that they were getting. But what we do see, though, is that Kansas is back to being able to, you know, hit big plays. You know, Devin Neal had that 44-yard run. Kwame Lasseter had a 28-yard reception. Lawrence Arnold had a 29-yard. Like, we had a bunch of guys that had big, dynamic plays that allowed them to get down the field pretty quickly. And and that's what this Kansas offense has been missing was that big play threat. So the fact yeah, that we've they... we've seen that since Duke. So we've been... Uh, we we've had a dearth of uh, big plays for the last couple of weeks. The last the last big game like that was Duke. Well, and and even then, the Duke game was like an outlier, right? Like that was one yeah. that was oh, like the absolutely. only other game this year where they had a lot of big plays like that, and and right. especially big plays in the passing game. Uh, you know, I think I think that's really the most consistent or the most promising sign here is that they're getting big plays not just from the running game. You know, guy making a guy miss and then and then having a whole bunch of open space. They're getting receivers who are running good routes that are getting open in space and are getting an opportunity to make to make big plays. And so that that is absolutely fantastic. Um, You know, unfortunately, all this good stuff has not actually changed the way people are viewing this team, which may or may not be fair. But uh, I'm actually talking about over on sponsor here on the podcast. uh, Symbol Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams. You can use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. You know what? Kansas didn't actually get a bump in their value on Symbol from this game that may or may not be deserved. 
But I, I do think we're getting close to the point where if you want to invest in Kansas at their lowest point, this is the best time to do it because, you know, they have some opportunities coming up here, especially with some of the, the other teams that are on their schedule that aren't performing pretty well. But Kansas might get a win or two and start to bump up in value there. So uh, they are offering a very special giveaway that's actually ending this week uh, to the 1012 Network and here on the Rock Chalk Podcast. They're going to be holding a drawing to give away uh, two tickets or, or something related to tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Not exactly sure what that is going to be at this point. Um, but all you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using promo code CHALK12. And you'll be entered into a chance to potentially win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season, depending on how, how many more people we can get to sign up. But uh, go to Symbol.com. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Create a free account when you deposit. Make sure you use that promo code CHALK12 so you can get started investing with your favorite teams today. All right, so... um. You know, I, I am a little bit worried about how well this can continue on the offense because they do have a phenomenal defense in Oklahoma State coming up next. Um, I do think, though, I, I don't want to, like, you know, kill the mood at this point, so we won't necessarily talk too much about that unless you had something that immediately jumped out to you. Um, but I do want to switch over to the defense here in just a second. Before we do that, did you have anything else you want to say about this offense, whether it's looking ahead or just something else we haven't mentioned yet? I just I do think we ought to uh, shout out the offensive line real quick. Uh, uh, coming into this game, they haven't given up a sack since well, I believe it was the Coastal Carolina. They've given up one sack since the Coastal Carolina game, and they did give up one uh, late, late, late in the fourth quarter on the final drive of the game in this game. But I mean, overall, the, the Kansas offensive line controlled the line of scrimmage against Oklahoma. Jason Bean had clean pockets uh, on the. Uh, on the read options, you know, he had clean looks on, do I keep it? Do I give it? Uh, the, the offensive line played a, overall played a phenomenal game against Oklahoma, and they, they deserve some props for that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you know what? I'm glad you said something because I had intended to before we got started here, and I completely got lost in all of the excitement of the big plays that individual players were making. But you're right. Like, this is, this is an offensive line that has gotten much, much better as the season has gone on. This is, like, what is allowing Kansas to actually have time. And like you said, the fact that the only sack they gave up in this game was in the fourth quarter on that final drive, it really allowed Kansas to stay in this game. And at that point, that's just a coverage or a, you know, a desperation sack where you're just trying to make something happen and then they get to the quarterback. So yeah, I'm not too worried about that. I think this is the best offensive line play that we have seen in probably five years, which is, you know, both saying something about how bad the offensive lines have been, (laughs) but also saying something about, you know, what you can look forward to if, if they're already playing at the best level we've seen in a really long time, um, you know, and we're halfway through this particular season and they're, you know, they have one more game basically in the really tough games that they have left. Like this is an opportunity for Kansas to actually start to show that improvement and really start to show that they have something that they can go ahead and do and get people excited about what's coming up. So I do want to switch over to the defense because I think there was a lot of stuff happening uh, in the defense that, that we really want to talk about. But before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by my brother, Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, any place. Get at your boys. 
If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. And we're back. All right, so I actually think I misspoke. I did talk about Oklahoma State's the only defense, uh, the one coming up that we really have to worry about. Um, Technically, I guess, depending on what you think of Texas, there is an opportunity there for the Texas defense to kind of shut down (laughs) what Kansas does. We'll have to see, though, because let me tell you, Texas has looked really good in the first half and then let pretty much anybody come back on them in the second half for a good portion of this year. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. But I do want to talk about the the defense in this particular game, because like we said, Oklahoma looked bad on both sides of the ball. Um, And, you know, I don't know, like this didn't read to me as all of Oklahoma just not performing. This really read to me as Kansas's defense stepping up and actually making some big stops. So what did you see from the defense and who really stood out to you as one of the main drivers of this impressive performance from, from the KUD? Um, well, the big standout was uh, Kenny Logan. I mean, he was all over the place making tackles. Um, and then uh, I think, was it Rich Miller had that big, uh, he had a couple of big stops on, on third and fourth down, right. uh, stopping Oklahoma a couple of times. Um, and Kyron Johnson had that huge sack. Huge in the first, sack. Yeah, in the, I think it was the first quarter still. Uh, so, yeah, those guys were, were names that kind of come to mind just right away. Um, I mean, the defense as a whole, obviously, I mean, they shut out Oklahoma for two and a half quarters. I don't, I don't know that anybody's done that this year. I, I guess I haven't followed Oklahoma that closely. But uh, that – and just considering the um, – the roster, how do I want to phrase it? The roster disparity, the, the talent gap, whatever you want to call it. Like that's, that's a feat in and of itself. And that was obviously the best defense Kansas has played all year for a two quarter span. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, and you mentioned it earlier, kind of got away from the second half. Oklahoma scored on their final five possessions, um, all touchdowns on all of them. And they had a little help from, some other people on the field more than a little but I, I don't know if you wanted to get into that or not tonight. oh we will we will for yeah. sure <laughs> but uh but yeah no the defense is a whole a whole play great um the defensive line wasn't as dominant as the offense as the Kansas offensive line was but I mean they still they made plays they they plugged gaps they um you know they they uh well, oh somebody had an interception too that's the interception that um that was uh Ricky Thomas Ricky Thomas, that's right. Yep. Yeah, he had an interception. That was huge. Um, yeah, I mean, Caleb, yeah, I, Caleb Williams I, I got know, flushed. I don't know what to say. Well, I mean, Caleb Williams got flushed and definitely threw a ball that he shouldn't have thrown. But the fact that Thomas oh, was able to get his, his head around, turn himself into a receiver, and really be able to, 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 to take advantage of that says a lot. Because, yeah. you know, I, I can guarantee you three weeks ago, if that throw had been made, I'm pretty sure that the KU receiver would have just, I'm sorry, the KU defensive back would have just been looking at the OU receiver trying to figure out what the heck was going on at that point. So like they, <laughs> the, I think the, the field awareness of this defense has gotten a lot better. It was probably my biggest concern, you know, coming into the second half of the season, coming out of the bye was like, Hey, are they actually paying attention? Cause half the time it looks like they're still lost. And I wasn't sure how much of that was talent 
disparity, how much of that was guys still trying to learn the new system. So, so either something clicked with the system, the way that they're learning these things, or all of a sudden, you know, things just clicked with individual players and the coaches finally got through to them. Like, I don't know what it is, but something clicked and they played a whole lot better here. Um, like you said, Kyron Johnson with that huge sack on the first drive really ended any chance for Oklahoma to score on that first drive. I mean, it, it was a third and five and he, and he sacked Caleb Williams for a 10-yard loss. Obviously, they went independent at that point. That interception was on the next drive after KU scored a field goal to go up 10 nothing. Kansas then missed another field goal, which I was surprised that they went for that field goal because it was like a 57-yard try, which I don't, yeah. you know, I, I was, it was actually kind of ridiculous. He, he actually had the leg for it. It just was wide left because of how hard he had to hit it to actually get it there. So, um, you know, but then, like, at that point, I was like, crap, they made a bad decision. They gave Oklahoma a short field. Like, this this is, could be really bad. Like, this, this is where it's going to turn around. And then the defense comes up with another stop, you know, another big sack. Um and really, that one was they got a whole bunch of pressure. I believe that was Kyron Johnson that got the pressure on him, and then he threw the ball away um, with n- absolutely nobody in the area. So they got, so they called him for intentional grounding. Uh, you know, so yeah. it's I mean, it's one of those things where Kansas just came out on fire in this game defensively and really flustered what Caleb Williams was doing. Look, I thought that Caleb Williams might have had his first bad game on the road at some point, but I didn't expect it to be against this Kansas team that had all these problems. So for them to step up and actually force that and make that happen was super, super impressive. Like you said, now we have to get to the bad, which was in the second half. Um, there was a, a few bad breaks that kind of went Kansas's way. You know, they forced a fumble on was it. Yeah, it was on that first possession coming out of the half. You know, it was a third and five, literally the third play coming out of halftime, forced a fumble ball scored it around. They weren't able to jump on it. Rich, Rich, Rich Miller got that fumble and then wasn't able to jump on top of it. And unfortunately, Oklahoma then went the rest of the way down the field. Um, but it took them forever. Like, it, it literally took them seven minutes on that first drive, which gave you some hope that, you know, if Kansas could then follow it up with another long drive, that they could essentially run out the clock. And, and I mean, they did a really good job of that. You know, they went 75 yards in 10 plays, went up 17 to 7 uh, after, you know, six six and a half minutes. So uh, basically, you go in... You know, you go just before the third quarter, Oklahoma was able to get a quick, quick touchdown there uh, to come back. And that's where you started to get a little bit concerned. You know, at that point, Oklahoma really had, you know, pretty much was able to do what they wanted. They had a few short drives. You know, they had a four play 48 yard drive for a touchdown. Kansas then fumbles the ball. Um, And look, that was that was um, extremely unfortunate. I don't think that Stephen McBride on that catch actually did anything wrong. Um, it's not like he was holding the ball out too far. He had tucked it back in at that point, and the Oklahoma Sooner just punched it out with a with a perfect punch there. There's not a whole lot you can do about that, unfortunately. It's going to happen right. sometimes. Um, yep. Yes, he could have tucked it away a little bit sooner, or when he when he felt the pressure coming, could have you know put a second hand on it. But I, I don't even know if having a second hand on it, unless he put it in the exact right spot to counteract the punch, would have kept him from fumbling the ball. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Um, so it's not like Kansas had a whole bunch of miscues that kept them. You know, it was they had some they had some bad breaks, some unlucky bounces that didn't really go their way, and then of course they had some help from the zebras. Um, yeah, Mike, what was your thought about that particular? Well, I, I think there was actually more than one, but the main one that sticks out to everybody was the the quote unquote fourth down forward handoff, which wasn't really a handoff. Yeah, they they referee and then later after the game the big 12 termed it a legal forward handoff when by definition as explained on rock chalk talk feel free to click over there at 
now, um, which by definition, by rule, should have been a fumble. But it shouldn't have even got to that point because the play should have been blown dead before that anyway. Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's just that's what it, that yeah, the that's what it was. The, it was what fourth and three. Um, the Sooners call just a just a halfback, not a dive, but just a halfback right up the middle, right? Halfback dive up the middle. Um, Kennedy Brooks got hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Again, the KU defensive line penetrating. Um, he spun around. He got up to the line of scrimmage. Then he got hit again and was driven back three full yards. Right. Um, and then as the defenders were spent, he wasn't spinning this time. He was being spun by the defenders. Caleb Williams steps in, grabs the ball out of his hands, and then advances past the line of the game. And the reason uh, why that's a fumble, uh, let me make sure I say that right here. Uh, the, the rule is, to be fair, the rule is a bit vague. Right. But the definition of a fumble is to lose possession by any act other than passing, kicking, or successful handing. Um, so successful handing, it's easy enough to infer, is an intentional act by the player. Um, since the ball was taken away by the quarterback, that would, by rule, make this a fumble, which in this case cannot be advanced. Right. So, um, so Kennedy Brooks lost possession of the ball. It shouldn't matter if a defender ripped it out or if a teammate ripped it out. He lost possession of the ball. Losing possession is, by definition, a fumble. That That's what they should have called. Uh, but, again, it shouldn't have even come to that. The, play, the forward progress should have been blown dead. I mean, he was like I said, he was driven back three yards. They should have called forward progress at the line of scrimmage. It should have been first and 10 KU on the Oklahoma 46-yard line. Yeah. I mean, so, so, you know, it was one of those things too. kind of even the setup, like I was, I was a little shocked with the setup for that because Kansas stops them, you know, it's fourth and basically fourth and a yard and a half. And it looked like Oklahoma was going up the line, was going to try to, you know, pull Kansas off sides. They, they run the play clock all the way down call a timeout. And you're like, okay, great. They stopped them. I actually even tweeted at that point. It's like, man, you know, the fact that they had that turnover, <laughs> Um, you know, and then got this huge stop here may actually work in their favor because now if they go score and, you know, and, and take the lead again, Oklahoma's not going to have very much time to try to go down and score again to, 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 win, to win the game. What I didn't account for was, you know, I just kind of assumed the way that they called timeout and the way that their body language was after that, that they were punting the ball. And, and obviously they didn't. But then you're right. The play call they had was absolutely horrible going into the teeth of the Kansas defense that had already stopped them multiple times on that drive, you know, from trying to run up the middle. And, you know, that was what I had the biggest problems with was one, like you said, it was very clear as forward progress was stopped. You cannot tell me that if, you know, that if, if uh, he was running forward there and a Kansas player had ripped the ball out and went backwards, they picked it up and scooped and scored that they would not have come back and said, nope, sorry, his forward progress was stopped. You know, it's Kansas ball, not but exactly. way back there. Right. Exactly. The, the other issue that I have, like you said, um, you know, and, and, and I, I don't think you actually mentioned who it was that was kind of going through, and, and you do reference this in the actual article, but, um, you know, it's it's the guy that does for, for Sunday Night Football, the rules analyst, Terry, Terry McCauley. Um, you know, he went through that and actually talked about that, which tells you something if, you know, national rules guys are talking about a KU football game, that means that something big happened that, oh my gosh, I can't believe it was that bad. Um, you know, yep. so, right, like, you know, pulling it back, um, like you said, a handoff requires an intentional act. I mean, you, you as an offensive player can cause a fumble. 
You know, we've actually seen that in multiple cases where, you know, if, if a quarterback is trying to hand the ball off to a running back and it falls, that's considered to be a fumble. If a, I've actually seen plays where an offensive lineman gets pushed backwards, swings his arm and punches the ball out from a running back like that is ruled as a fumble. It has absolutely nothing to do with whether the ball hits the ground or anything like that. Like even if it pops up, it you know, it shows in the in the actual game day you know, play by play, the ball was fumbled, was recovered by the offense and then advanced at that point. And, and, you know, depending on the actual situation there determines whether they're actually allowed to advance it or not. But it was, yes, it was very clear. Like you said, that the quarterback ripped the ball out of the running back's hands, which by rule makes it a fumble. Um, And so, yeah, the big 12 absolutely screwed that up. I I have no idea how they thought like this is immediately once they, they actually confirmed that play. But the by the officiating crew, I immediately was thinking of the dollar signs gif. Um, you yeah, know, yep. so yeah, it was just like there was absolutely no way that this was not motivated by making sure that uh, Oklahoma, you know, it still has an opportunity to make it to the playoff. So unfortunate that it happened yet again to Kansas. It would have been absolutely a phenomenal. Like I have no doubt at that point that the way Kansas was going, the way that they were moving the ball, the way that they had just scored just a little bit before that, that they were going to go ahead and drive down and take the lead. The question was always going to be how much time was going to be left for Oklahoma. That's literally what it was going to come down to at that point. So, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was at least controversial, but the ultimate result here is, Hey, what we thought was going to happen is happened that Kansas was going to lose, but we saw plenty of progress that I think a lot of people are going to have, you know, a lot of very good feelings about this team moving forward. Um, you know, it might even be enough, so that if Kansas gets blasted as expected by Oklahoma State this weekend coming up, uh, that I won't necessarily be too upset about it. Um, we'll have to see. I I, I can't promise anything. So, uh, Mike, any <laughs> other any other final thoughts about this game? Um, I mean, no, nothing specific. I do have a little piece of uh, trivia for you. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Andy, if you're interested, it's, it's very personal to me, um, and probably absolutely nobody cares. But uh, just just fun fact. Uh, this game against Oklahoma was the 100th Kansas football game that I have attended in person. So, a little nice. milestone for me personally there. That that is fantastic. I wish I could say I'd been to that many games. Although maybe I don't know. With some of the ones I would have had to have gone to for that to happen, I think for me, <laughs> the last game that I went to for Kansas, uh, which was you know the game up against uh, Iowa State up in Ames, I believe that was number thirteen for me. So yeah, I still have quite a ways to go to catch up to you. So, but you know what? Yeah. Regardless of what happens next week, regardless of what happens the rest of the season, there is one thing that is always great about Kansas football, and that is tailgating. And the best place to go and upgrade your tailgating game is with the sponsor here on the podcast gridiron metalworks gridiron metalworks is where you can find high quality metal home goods for the college super fan in your life whether that's you or someone else find collegiate branded grill grates griddles or any number of home decor items including flower pots stainless steel bookends coasters and can coolers all of these are in actual school colors not just the oh it's really close colors that other manufacturers use you know the fact that basketball season is coming up does not stop you from still having fun and tailgating um you know and and honestly look Kansas has a lot of winnable potentially games after what we've seen this last few weeks, you know, potentially winnable or potentially competitive games coming up. So you can go out and enjoy yourself tailgating beforehand, get whatever size great you need for whatever grill you have. And Hey, Christmas is coming up. I can guarantee that you can find a gift there for any of the college fans in your life that they don't already have. Um, you know, I personally have the bookend. Absolutely great. Love it. 
I have that desk plaque that has the Jayhawk head and the word Kansas on it. Again, absolutely fantastic. And of course, my custom sign that they made for the Rock Talk Podcast logo still gets people every single time they walk in just admiring how fantastic that thing looks. So everything over at Gridiron Metal is high quality, made in the USA, and they continue to add new products all the time. If you use promo code CHALK12, you can get 15% off your entire first order. And they just announced you no longer have to order at least $100 to get free shipping, although I can guarantee you you probably are going to order $100 if you go over there because they have so much great stuff, so many great things. If you're going to get a grill grate, you got to get a Jayhawk spatula too. You know, they have got Jayhawk, uh, you know, chimney, uh, like, uh, I forget what those are called. The, yeah, the, the, the chimney lighter things. Anyway, wow, I just completely ruined it with that. But anyway, uh, yeah, go over to gridironmetal.com, use promo code CHALK12, get 15% off your entire first order, and everything now comes with free shipping. All right, Mike. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, look, uh, I, I just want to remind everybody that a bunch of the other stuff that's going on, those seasons are wrapping up. Kansas soccer has a game coming up Thursday of this week um, out at Rock Chalk Park. They have to win this game against Texas in order to make it into the Big 12 tournament. So if you have the opportunity, please go out there and support the Jayhawk women. Uh, they have had a phenomenal season. They've had some really big wins. Um, you know, had some some uh, things that went against them in the last few games that they've had, but they have an opportunity to finish strong, make it to the Big 12 tournament, and hopefully make a push to try to get to the NCAA tournament. So go out there and support them if you can. The volleyball team has uh, some some really important matches coming up as well. So if you don't have tickets already, you don't have the opportunity, or you haven't had the opportunity to get out there, make sure you get out there before the season ends for them as well. They have had a very good year this year. I think better than some people expected them to have. Um, so, so get out there and show your support. Mike, any final thoughts you want to leave us with today before we get out of here? No, sir. Let's go, uh, let's go beat Oklahoma state next week. What do you say? Heck yeah. I'm, I am all for it. Look, if, if they beat Oklahoma state this next week, then I will go absolutely ballistic. Like I don't know. We'll have to do a live reaction pod because it will be just absolutely that insane. Um, <laughs> it will be. Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, you know what? Before we get out of here though, there was one one additional thing because I almost forgot. Um I actually did ask for reactions and all that fun stuff and uh I did actually get one response that I wanted to go ahead and shout out because I think this kind of sums up everything we talked about. Uh Jayhawk fan at A underscore Jayhawk, you know, said he really thought we played a good game, disappointed at the refs, Big Twelve's comments afterwards. Um Forward progress was definitely stopped, and it was not a handoff. I think that pretty much sums up the entire episode. Like, if if you want the episode in a yeah. you know in a fifteen second soundbite, that's it. So, thank you for that for that response over on Twitter. Um, hopefully, next time you guys can you know get some great messages from you guys. I do want voice messages so we can actually get your voice on the show. Stuff that Mike and I can react to after games. Um, look, there are definitely a bunch of different ways you can do that. Either. You know, send me something on Twitter, or if you go to anchor.fm slash rock dash chalk dash podcast slash message, you can leave a voicemail there so you can get your voice on the show. I promise, I, you know, I love putting them on there. Um, you know, I love getting your guys' comments as well because let me tell you, I talk to you guys enough. I want to hear from you guys, whether it's, you know, thoughts about the show, thoughts about the teams. And look, we're going to have lots of opportunities with basketball coming up here pretty soon for some really, really strong reactions one way or another. So, Definitely get out there and get started sending those reactions in. But, Mike, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm glad that we were able to talk about this game that was absolutely fantastic. I hope, hopefully we have at least one more of these where we're super excited, super stoked, and we can have a lot of fun with these recap episodes. So, um, But that is going to do it for us tonight. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please go out wherever you get your podcasts, whether Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast so you can subscribe and get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you can give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments, would absolutely love it. If for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys and get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you ever have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, contact me by Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod or by email at Rock Chalk Pad rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com uh you know we are part of the 1012 network a lot of great podcasts over there covering all the teams in the big 12 i'm actually going to have a preview coming up with one of the guys from uh from the oklahoma state podcast we have over there um so you know definitely be paying attention to that later this week um but if you go to 10 at 1012 network on twitter that's ten one two network you can find links to all the great shows we have there and we're actually adding another one here coming up pretty quick i think it might have actually already been announced by the time you actually guys are able to hear this but that's going to do it for us tonight mike once again thank you so much for joining me thank you guys so much for listening make sure you go visit our sponsors symbol and gridiron metal use promo code chalk 12 get great deals at both of those places but uh we will catch you guys next time on the rock chalk podcast Welcome to Between Two Bears, the newest 1012 Network podcast. Uh, this is Matt is Bear. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Evan A. Bear, uh, to give you a quick idea of what the show is about. Yeah, Between Two Bears is going to be a it's going to be a great sorry. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid side of Baylor sports. Hey, I'm going to try one more time. Between two... Okay, uh, Evan. Evan's going to go take a nap. Um, but we are excited to join the 1012 Network along with the rest of their already great lineup of Big 12 podcasts. Check them out at 1012 Network on Twitter and us as well, at Matt is Bear and at Evan Haybear. Uh, Sick'em Bears. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.